is fantastic to have with us this morning for our, our Heads Up podcast, Matthew Jackson, who is the director of St. Peter's School in France. And today we're going to be talking about what it takes to start a school from scratch and what some of the challenges as well as opportunities this creates. So Matthew, thank you very much for joining us. Now, you and I have known each other for a number of years and in that time, you and I have had various roles and, and interactions around that. But could you tell us a little bit about yourself, but also how you've come to hold the role that you have at the moment? Thank you very much for inviting me. This is an exciting project and one fitting for, for the time that we're experiencing. My career, I suppose, like everybody's in education, and you spoke about it previously uh, in discussions about education really being a vocation to get into. And with every vocation and with every career, there's an element of luck. And I, I think my career really has been based on serendipity and some really key mentors in, in my career. And in, in 2010, there was a decision for me between pursuing a PhD um, under the direction of, of my mentor, then Dr. John Davis, who's now at King's College, and building on the legacy of great historians like Peter Hennessy, uh, who taught me at undergraduate and set up a student think tank that engaged between education, policymakers, and business. And so my interest in how schools ran, what is the business of, of schools, really peaked at that time. And I was very fortunate to have been introduced to somebody and then to secure a role in a school consultancy at the time, which then morphed into Gavitas, uh, quite a, a niche area of, of consultancy that we were dealing with then. But I had two wonderful mentors who I worked very close with, both uh, Colin Diggory and Joanna Grant-Peterkin. I'd say they, they are monoliths in the world of education and shaped my understanding and exposure to schools. And so I worked with them in various consultancy roles, both from a financial point of view of understanding the finances of schools, but also moving forward into understanding how schools work, how schools set up, and particularly how in the international space, independent schools can deliver the excellence that we experience overseas as much as we do in the UK. And so I've held a lot of roles in a consultancy capacity outside of the school sector, uh, working in startups and working for massive organizations, TES being one of them, uh, where I looked with, with independent and international schools and worked along shaping strategy for that. And then a few years ago, four years ago, I decided to make the move into schools proper and to work with schools to bring my understanding of the sector from the outside into schools to help that professionalize. And so I had some experience in independent schools and then more latterly over here in France and in the international space, working in an international school. And Easter of last year, in the height of uh, one of the worst health crises that we've probably seen, certainly in my lifetime and for a generation, I was asked to get on board with this new idea of starting a school. I, I was really excited, Matthew, when we spoke last year about this project that, that you're working, working on at the moment. And you're, you're halfway through now, the first academic year. And I wondered if, if you might be able to share some of the challenges that you faced in, in establishing a school from nothing, outside the fact that you've done so during a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, everybody, I've got to say this, everybody from Easter on, so should we say from about May of 2020, everybody I spoke with about this project said, why it can't be done just wait. Now, that advice is very, very reasonable. And 
I, I'm not a single actor in this. I'm a small cog in, in a very good, strong team of both the founding founders, of which I am one, but also a board of advisors that we have around us who have worked tirelessly over this this uh, this time to make sure that we're as successful as we have been. And that's a great grace. The biggest challenge, I think, is the amount of work that we had to do in a very short time. We purchased a property. We started the renovations in the middle of June last year, just as the borders were opened. We came back to France, bought the property, started the renovations. Anybody that has any engagement here in Europe, so in the, the mainland Europe, knows that come the end of July, August, nobody works. And so for us to get the works completed, really we set ourselves a target of all saints to get things ready and completed and fully, fully set up and open in terms of being able to use the buildings. We had probably a nine week window in which we could get all the works done and get signed off by the French state. We achieved that at the beginning of September. We brought the, the deadline earlier for, for just the nuts and bolts of health and safety. Uh, just to be sure that then we could have that grace period before we welcomed our pupils a bit later to make sure that everything was done and everything was prepared, that we weren't just rushing into this. That was one of the one of the more mundane problems that we experienced. A bigger challenge wasn't around recruitment of teachers, actually. That was, I wouldn't say easy, but we built together an exceptional group of people who could deliver the curriculum that we want. But alongside that, I think that uh, it was getting the right people to understand what our mission is. And our mission is, is quite distinct, really, in, in what we're delivering. And so getting people to buy into this movement into, a, into an international school that's just starting off, that doesn't have a track record, that at the time when we were discussing this with people in the end of summer, we didn't yet have a fully completed building to, to propose and to show these teachers. And yet they had the confidence and trust in us to say, yeah, we want to be on board. We want to come to this tiny village in France because we see the benefits, not only of what we can do in terms of delivering something exciting, but also in being part of something that is growing, that this isn't stagnant, that isn't always focused just on examinations, that allows for something broader. I think... Um you and I have spoken a lot about over the years in terms of schools being unique and, and every school is unique, but I think yours is a genuinely unique school and, you know, the aspirations and the hopes that you have for the students under your care are not different, but there, there are enhancements and there are you know, different expectations in terms of what you see and what you would classify as success. And I suppose a question looped around that is what would you hope your students leave St. Peter's with? Fundamentally, pride. I think that it, that is underpinning everything that we do. And, and pride is, is a term that I use that, that covers a lot of things. I think pride at having chosen to come to St. Peter's. We're a small community starting off, 15, 16 students here. And they have made an active choice to be part of this founding year. Our first cohort have made an active choice with their parents, of course. So pride in having chosen and being part of this growing up. Pride in terms of doing the best that they can, that in very difficult circumstances, this isn't necessarily unique to us because 
every school and every pupil has experienced great disruption over the last year. But pride in coming at the, the ground level, as it were, and putting in the effort so that they achieve the best that they can in terms of academics, but also in terms of their personal growth. And pride also of their identity. And one of the things that ties everything that we do here at St. Peter's is this relationship we have with the Catholic faith. We're a Catholic school. We're unashamedly proud of being a Catholic school. And I think for, for young people going into the, into the real world, being in a boarding school is certainly not a real world. When they get exposed to university, when they get exposed to the world of work, I think them leaving St. Peter's with a pride in their faith, being strengthened in their faith, is an important aspect of their development that hopefully will make sure that they are good people, that they're sound professionals, that they care about the world, that they care about other people, and that they try their best. I think uh, one of the points that I've made a, a few times in this, this podcast series is a sense of togetherness within the world of education um, that certainly I've experienced even more so in these challenging times. So my, my start, start point at St Edwards was the 4th of April 2020. That date will be etched on my mind forever, two weeks into the first national lockdown and taking over a phenomenal school. But I've been so impressed with the support that I've received from fellow school leaders. But I've also liked the opportunity to, to help others who have, who have reached out to me. How have you found that sense of, of community within school leaders during this first year at St Peter's? I think there's only one word that can sum it up, and I think that's phenomenal, really. Being at the, uh, the point end, being at the point end of any organisation, but certainly a school where you're balancing the well-being of your staff, the well-being of the pupils, the business of the school, the pastoral life of the school, and the academic life of the school uh, is very isolating and you can feel very isolated. And in particular, I think reaching out to you and getting advice from you has been incredibly positive for me and a great boost. Alongside that, when I was having uh, certain challenges, certainly around the curriculum in which we wanted to deliver and the way we were delivering that, I think two people came to the fore, both of whom... I've known for a very long time. The first one was Susan Erickson, who's a former head. She's now involved in COVID and doing wonderful things in the world of, of international schools. And off an email where I, I just sent it out to her speculatively and said, Susan, can we speak? I'm having these problems. And within 20 minutes, she called me and she's based now in the UK. And I sent this, this, this message quite late at night and she gave up an incredible amount of her time and was just open to talking about this. Through her, then, she led me to another phenomenal rising star that I would suggest in, in the world of leadership, uh, Catherine Law, uh, who's a wonderful, she's acted in the role of vice principal and deputy head, and also led on sciences. And she's been a fantastic help in terms of developing how we deliver science and mathematics, which uh, I want to place at the center of this project, certainly at the center of our, our academic offering. The sciences need to be strong for various reasons. But those two people were incredibly reactive and very generous with their time in saying anything you need, 
we'll provide support. Even if our ideas aren't adopted, or even if it isn't helpful, we're going to give our 10 pence worth anyway. I think um, you're, you'll have found this yourself, but certainly I've experienced this. It's, I don't say it's a question I dread, but it's one that I, I, I'm always nervous about when I'm asked what my vision is for, for the school that I'm leading. And I guess I always think it's slightly a loaded question because particularly when you're taking over a well-established school such as St. Edward's, for me, what I say is the guardians of the vision are the trustees of the school, which is my get-out, I suppose. <laughs> but with your role with St. Peter's, you, you kind of have a foot in both camps with that. So I'm not going to ask you what your vision is for, for St. Peter's, but what are the plans for St. Peter's moving forward? The, the, this ties into, I think, an earlier question. One of the challenges is that we have a wonderful school campus, that the, the buildings that we occupy and the land that we have is phenomenal. Within the development plan is uh, going to be now a five-year plan of renovations and gradual opening up. At the moment, we're using a third of the capacity of the buildings that we have, 100% of the capacity of the land, but only a third of the buildings, which suits our size at the moment. But plans are already underway to open the next phase of works on that. And then thereafter, more and more and more. Our vision, our plan, is about maintaining a relatively small school. I think the realities of things are that this, the, the school won't grow beyond 100, I think because of what we're trying to achieve. It's never going to be attractive to the mass market, being in the middle of nowhere in France, that's a reality. It's one of our greatest strengths, actually. We have the most beautiful surroundings where uh, the river is literally next door to the college. The activities during the summer, being here, was so wonderful and so being open and engaged and working with the community it builds into to all of that the immediate next steps which is really responding to a, a demand from parents and we set out with this to be included but are trying to work out how we facilitate it is to provide education for both boys and for girls in a single sex environment. It's very clear that our, our parent base uh, want single sex education. They, they prefer not to have uh, a co-educational school. And so it's how do we deliver the very best for boys and the very best for girls using the resources that we have and understanding that delivering separate educational models, which they would necessarily have to be, and the challenges that that will bring. So that's gonna have my myself and my deputy scratching our heads for the coming months of, of how we fully bring this on stream so that we can welcome uh, we can welcome girls within our wider community giving them their own identity and their own place within what is going to be the the St Peter's College community. Listen Matthew thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with me today and for being so honest about the, the challenges but also the successes that you've experienced in this new venture for you and i obviously wish you and the whole st peter's community good luck not just for the rest of this academic year but beyond and i'm sure we all look forward to hearing what a success you and your team make of it so please do take care stay safe and thank you very much for for your time thank you matthew been a pleasure